0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which, as I remind you every day, has some of the best NFL and college football coverage you can find anywhere. Sorry I'm a bit late if you're uh, used to listening to this early in the morning. It's the first day of 4K for my little guy Isaac, so I had to help him get off to school and take some pictures of his backpack and all that kind of good stuff, so... Big show today, big, big show today. Brett Goode is back. Jordy Nelson apparently will be full go, and some rookies have some stories to tell. But first, it's first down, and it's the follow from the release of Josh Sitton. Obviously, Sitton has a lot of history with this team. A lot of years starting alongside uh, fellow guard T.J. Lang, and he helped mentor center Corey Lindsley and the new center J.C. Shredder, and was a big, big mentor for left tackle David Bakhtiari, so... A lot of, a lot of, I don't want to say hard feelings, um, but a lot of, uh, a lot of sadness, a lot of, con- a little bit of confusion, and a lot. of they're, they're basically these guys are just shocked what just happened, and they're, they're going to have to turn it around quickly. As, as guard, as guard T.J. Lang said, because they you know, they got a game coming up in a hurry. Um, Lang said several times that this sucks, and he said, "quote You guys are probably just as shocked as we were. Yeah, totally unexpected. I think by everybody." I didn't really ask Josh the reasons behind it. Yeah, it's definitely shocking. I thought he was joking around with me when he texted me on Saturday. I kind of joked back with him. Then I talked to him on the phone a little bit, and it kind of sunk in. It was obviously tough news for him to take, and tough news for us to take—losing a good friend and a good player. You know, I wanted, I don't. I don't know if any of us are ever going to know exactly what happened here. There's, you can speculate on a lot of things. What you know was it level of play for the money? You know, I you know mentioned this stat the other day from stats. Last year, Sitton gave up six and a half sacks. In the previous five years combined, he gave up six sacks. And you know, even with the two sacks going up at left tackle last year, even if you throw those out, he gave up four and a half sacks. That still was a career high. You know, he had he had a career high in holding penalties. So you could argue that you could argue that his level of play slipped a bit and at a total of cap value of six point three million dollars. You know what? Maybe there's money better spent and you can except whatever drop off in player and, play. and get from lane taylor here for the you know the financial flexibility to maybe go re-sign david Bakhtiari to an extension so there's that you know there's a possibility of 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 sitting being a becoming a poor locker room presence and I go back to this last year when green bay lost at home to detroit 18 to 16 josh Sitton went on a program called clubhouse live it's a uh it's a uh, it's held, hosted at a bar and it's uh, a production of Gannett newspapers and and Sittin said that the offense was too predictable and defenses knew what was coming. You know it's fine for guys to say that and it's fine for guys to say that behind you know closed doors so to speak. You know that kind of stuff just doesn't happen here. And Green Bay's on a pretty tight ship and and at least for public consumption, everybody's on the same page. You know, call it the brainwashing that that Greg Jennings talked about all those years ago. But, you know, people don't speak out of school, so to speak. And between that comment and then Josh and then Sitton and Lang both being told that they are not priorities for a contract extension and any, any extensions and are going to be going to the young players, you wonder if the team feared if Sitton's attitude might go south. Now, Lang didn't see that happening, and so who knows? You know, again, we're just... The best we can do is guess because, you know, Mike Mike McCarthy wasn't going to say anything yesterday. And Ted Thompson, he talks to us all through training camp. He does not talk to us after final camps, and we won't talk to him until the scouting combine. So we're never probably going to get the real story here. But, uh, you know, back to that level of play thing, you know, we asked Lang about that and says, and Lang said, quote, I honestly can tell you no, not one bit. I was talking to him, and he said maybe because of last year he felt, and he paused for a moment. He says, He brought up the game where he played left tackle and was figuring out left tackle. I know he had a lot of back problems, and from everything this year, he was telling me he never felt better in his career. So, no, I didn't notice anything that could possibly make it performance based. So, we'll see. And, you know, the million dollar question here, and this is the question that McCarthy danced around left and right yesterday, was Is this team a better team? With Lane Taylor at guard rather than Josh Sitton, and McCarthy didn't answer and said, "Well, it's not about one guy, and how can you ask me that when we haven't played a game? Look, they're not better. And again, I I can I I understand if it's financial based because you know this team has some cap issues, and you know maybe you can pay Sitton or you can pay someone else, but it's the time where Green Bay be able to continually hand out big extensions is over. I mean, you can, there's only so much money to go around. So if that's the case, I understand it." But if the goal is to win a Super Bowl, then this doesn't make any sense at all, right? I mean, there, there's no way to spin this. As this is, the team is a better team for this year in winning Super Bowl 51 with Lane Taylor. So we'll see. I mean, it's you know at this point, it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's Lane Taylor's the starting guard. And, you know, I asked McCarthy about Taylor's preseason, including the three penalties and the sack he gave up at Kansas City in the, in the finale. And McCarthy said, quote, I think like all things, you've got to look at the video I understand it's the preseason, and it's the preseason for the officials, too. I was very confident in how he played in that game. I thought he was physical and did a lot of good things. And frankly, he did some things he needs to improve on. So, uh, you know, McCarthy said he had all the confidence in the role in Taylor, and I I passed that comment along to Taylor. And, uh, you know, Taylor is just a steady-as-you-go kind of guy, and, you know, he was. He wasn't doing cartwheels in the locker room. I. I don't suspect he did them Saturday either, behind closed doors. He said, "Quote: I prepared a lot. I put in a lot of hours, a lot of time, taking a lot of reps. I'm looking forward to this opportunity." You know, and, and Taylor's a heck of a good story. He was a undrafted rookie in 2013, and he's had to fight his way to make make a roster, and really had to fight his way to make this roster too. I don't. I don't think his spot was safe considering the offensive line depth, and and I don't think Thursday's game did him any favors, but. Here he is. You know, he started a couple games. Le- he, look, before the, before he started two games last year, in the first eleven games, he was inactive for nine, and he didn't play in the other two. So for the first eleven games, he didn't play a single snap. Then he ends up starting at Detroit in Week Twelve, and then starting at home against Minnesota in Week Six or Week Seventeen. So it's it's a it's a pretty good pretty good story from that angle. And, but again, you know, Taylor wasn't taking the bait to reminisce at all. it all. He says, I, says I quote, I'm not going to try to make it any bigger than it actually is. Once you make the team, you're competing, you're getting better each and every week to put yourself in position to go out there and play. You're listening to Love Advice with Leanne. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hi, Leanne. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Why, in your professional opinion, do you never take my calls off the air? Is this Carl? Yep, it's Carl. I mean, we had a few dates. Everything was great, I thought. Uh, well, you know, when you switch to GEICO, you could save a lot of money on car insurance. Okay, awesome. You should call them. I will. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. And before I get to second down, I'd like to remind you to, to subscribe to Lockdown Packers via iTunes, so this shows up in your mailbox every day. If you're a Packer fan, you're an NFL fan, right? So be sure to check out Lockdown NFL. And if you're an NFL fan, you're a fantasy football player, right? So go to Locked On Fantasy. And, of course, there's Locked On Jaguars, too, to check out this week's opponent. And uh, we'll have a joint podcast here later in the week to break down this football game. And, of course, my real job is packetreport.com. And depending on my week, it gets posted late Friday night or early Saturday morning. It is called The World's Best Preview. And maybe it's not the world's best, but I think it is. But certainly the world's longest. And it's gonna, it's a novel. It'll take you most of the morning to read. It's overflowing with net notes and stats and, and quotes that you, I guarantee you won't find anywhere else. It's for our, our Packer Report members and you know along with my content, the members also get 10% ticket discounts and 10% um, at our, uh, our store at Fanatics. So a lot of reasons to, to subscribe to Packer Report and a lot of reasons to uh, check out the Lockdown Network. This segment of Lockdown Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scouts Fantasy Site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 to 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Lockdown Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44, so if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packrider 2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. On the second down, and the Packers made it official on Monday by re-signing old friend Brett Gu to be their long snapper. Pretty remarkable comeback here. I mean, he is eight and a half months past a torn ACL sustained at Oakland on December 20th, and I realize this isn't an Adrian Peterson story, and he's not you know, playing 60 snaps a game on, on special teams, and he's not running pass routes, and he really just got to snap the ball, and if they punt the ball, you know, God forbid they punt the ball eight times a game, he's got to go on the field eight times and try to make a tackle. So... Obviously, it's apples and oranges, but still, it's a heck of a good comeback, and he will debut at Jacksonville on Sunday, where he was cut by the Jaguars as an undrafted rookie in 2007 and cut again in 2008. And you probably know the rest of this story, but I'll, I'm going to tell it to you anyway. A couple of months after getting cut by the Jaguars, I mean, he, he didn't even make it to training camp in Jacksonville in 08. So late in 08, the training camp, you know, J.J. Jansen, who had been the long snapper, you know, hurts his knee in the preseason finale, and the Packers... He a snapper, and they, they find Brett Good on, on a construction site in his hometown of Fort Smith, Arkansas. This time, he's watching coverage of one of the tropical storms with him and his family, and at that point, they're considering a family vacation should he be unemployed in a couple of weeks. Well, obviously, that vacation's going to have to wait as he takes a crash course uh, to rebuild, I shouldn't say rebuild, but to, uh, to build chemistry with new punter Jacob Shum. As uh, Good said yesterday, it's very good to be back. It was a long process, but it was a fun process because as a competitor, you're always hoping that you're going to get signed somewhere and have an opportunity to work out. That's what pushed me to work hard. You know, Good said he started snapping back in March and didn't have any issues back there. And at that point, was just a matter of getting back into a rhythm. And, you know, he compared long snapping to riding a bike. You know, once you know how to do it, you always know how to do it. And we asked him if, uh, he always thought Green Bay might be in the works, and he said, "Yeah." He said, it "Was the Packers are always part of the conversation?" He did talk to some other teams, but he he kind of hoped that Green Bay would be the the destination, and you know, and, and ultimately, Goode's history wins out here. Rick Lovato, after a shaky start to training camp, where they brought on a challenger for a day, and then obviously that guy broke his hand, and the rest of the rest of the camp, you know, Lovato was un, uncontested at camp and performed pretty well. But you know, has got a lot of history, and then that was. And that's what made the difference. He the Packers brought him in for a workout on Friday, and that's that. Back up with the team on Monday, and he'll practice today on Tuesday. It's good said about being back to Green Bay, quote, you always hope for it. The familiarity, the guys, the friendships. You become family. You always hope that you can go back to that place. On to third down, and Coach Mike McCarthy hit on a whole bunch of stuff after the Josh Sitton line of questioning on Monday. And I'll kind of get a hit, hit on some of the highlights here. First quarterback. They got three with Joe Callahan and Brent Hundley backing up Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the question here was, did they keep Callahan because of any concerns about Hundley? You know, I, I didn't think that was the case. Remember, Hundley practiced all of last week with that re-sprained ankle, and McCarthy confirmed that and said he had no concerns about Hundley and expected Hundley to be the backup this week at Jacksonville. But, you know, beyond the ankle injury, this is just a strong endorsement of all Callahan, who played so on a couple of the preseason games, you know, as McCarthy said, quote, this is just clearly Joe Callahan earning the job. I mean, how the hell did he, does he not make the team? It was clear. Just watch the games. Watch the video. You know, I, you know, I go back to the OTAs back in May. I took one look at that kid and I thought, I like him. You know, he doesn't have the greatest of arms. I mean, he can get it on the field. It just takes some, a bit of a windup to get there. But, you know, he's not the greatest of athletes, but he moves around well, makes things happen. And he just... As simple as it sounds, he knows how to play the game, and you know the hit, the competitor for number three was Marquise Williams. And Williams probably a better athlete than Callahan, certainly a better arm than Callahan. But Williams just didn't know how to play the game. And it's no knock on Williams, but Callahan just has this innate feel for the position that you can't really teach. And you're kind of interested to see how this is going to work out for him in the long run. I mean, is he is he a future starter? No, I don't think so, but. You know, look, Green Bay might need a long-term backup here because I swear at some point they're gonna to try to trade Hundley for something. And obviously the, the injury in training camp and him missing all of the all of uh, almost all of the preseason isn't gonna help in this regard, especially if he doesn't play during the regular season. But I mean look, the Vikings sent a first round pick and a fourth round pick to the Eagles for uh for Sam Bradford, who's been a terrible quarterback. Now is he terrible, he makes a gazillion dollars. So they the Vikings sent all of that the eagles for a below average quarterback and an overpriced quarterback so what on earth is humley if humley ever gets a chance to go out and show what he can do and he's still playing on his rookie contracts so you get him for cheap i mean what's he worth right i mean i i, I think he's a better quarterback than, than bradford and he's gonna be worth a lot so based on that i think i think you have to groom a quarterback to potentially be the number two down the road and maybe Callahan's that guy seven wide receivers on the roster as you know but don't expect that to be seven on game day. Is uh, well, McCarthy wouldn't go into any details because he doesn't have to until Wednesday when the when the tr- the uh, injury report comes out. But he basically said they're, they're gonna go with five on on Sunday, which means that Jeff Janus has a broken hand. rookie Triber Davis said that shoulder injury won't be ready to go for Week One. Seven wide receivers is one thing, obviously, but six safeties that was kind of the uh, one of the headliners after after Saturday's cuts and even after the Monday transactions, there's still six safeties on the roster with. The starters, Morgan Burnett and Ha, Clinton Dix, and the top backups, Chris Banjo and Micah Hyde, and then the undrafted rookies of Marwin Evans and Kentrell Bryce. And again, McCarthy asked about that, and he said, quote, our safety position, keeping six safeties, those guys earned it. I don't think there's anything any doubt about that. We'll get back, we'll get back to Evans here in a second. Corey Lindsley, the, the would-have-been starting center, ends up on PUP, as you knew, because of that hamstring injury, and that was just kind of the plan all along, McCarthy said. Lindsay, remember, missed all the offseason practices, and then he, and the key here is he re injured the hamstring just before they started training camp. And McCarthy said it was because of the timing of it. He says, Anytime you have an injury and then you do it again, you have to take the quote long road back. And that's really what we're doing with him. And then finally, there's only three inside linebackers on the roster, and number four is not Clay Matthews. While McCarthy said there might be an exception based on a scheme. You know, Matthews is an outside linebacker, he's not an inside linebacker. Well, McCarthy did leave the caveat that he might play a snap here or there due to a wrinkle that they want to throw it an offense. But I, I I didn't take that to mean that that, that was a long term, you know, possibility. And I think Matthews is that outside linebacker and, and they're pretty confident with not only the threesome of Blake Martinez, Jake Ryan, and Joe Thomas, but with uh Carl Bradford and Boniquaus Brown providing depth on the on the uh, on the practice squad. And finally, we get the fourth down here, and, and that would be the undrafted free who made the team. And, and they started with six. They're down to four now. Quarterback Mekiton-Droliant put an injured reserve yesterday. And then, in the as we touched on yesterday, in the, the cruel, cruel business in the NFL, Brandon Burks goes from making the final roster on Saturday to being cut and not even put on the practice squad on Monday. That, that practice squad spot went to Don Jackson, who, who started the offseason with the Packers and then got hurt and then got cut. So Burks goes from from on the team to not even on a payroll. So it's a tough business. Uh, going back to Callahan here, he said he learned when he got called by Alex Van Pelt, and, and he sees the number, the 920 area code popped up, and, and there's obviously, this means two things, right? It means someone's going to congratulate him that he made the team, or someone's calling him to tell him that he got cut. So Callahan, but the only thing he remembers from this conversation is Van Pelt says, hey, how you doing? What you up to? And then then Pelt says, hey, you made it. And then at that point, Callan says he doesn't remember anything else I talked about. Then Callahan called his family. He says he doesn't remember any of that conversation. So some good some uh, funny stuff there. Back to Marwin Evans, he said he learned out through Darren Perry, the safety's coach. It's kind of the same deal there when he sees the the 920 area code pop up. It could be could be good news or bad news, and it was obviously good news. To the contrast, quarterback Josh Hawkins said he learned out through social media. Which means he probably learned through me, because I was the one that broke the news that Hawkins had made the roster. So it's it's funny how that works out, where some players they tell and some players they're not telling, and they can just find out at 3 p.m. when they didn't get any bad news phone calls. So that's that's how Hawkins found out how he made it. I want to go back to Evans here, and here's a great story, and not because he's a from the Milwaukee suburb of Oak Creek and grew up a Badgers or a Packer fan and all that kind of stuff. Beyond that. Evan's father was murdered when he was three. So he ends up being raised by his mom and his grandfather and became super close with his grandfather. Well, he becomes a pretty good football player and he goes to two junior colleges. And in between those junior colleges, he finds out that his grandfather has some sort of illness and he lost the ability to walk. So obviously a, a devastating blow for him there. But he plays well enough at his second junior college and he gets he gets an offer to go to Utah State and he takes that and... Finally, he breaks into this lineup as, for, as a senior season, has a great year as a senior there. and But not going to have to get drafted. I mean, here's a, a big, fast guy who played good football, had a, had a pretty good program. Well, he's not drafted, and he's not signed as an, as an undrafted, undrafted free agent. And not only that, he's invited as a tryout guy to Seattle's rookie camp, and doesn't get signed there. So it's strike one, strike two, strike three. Well, he's not out Green Bay ultimately signs him about a week after Seattle's rookie camp. And so he's one of the 90 coming into the off season workouts and uh, at a deep position. And then even with Kensho bracing, a great camp, he plays so well that Green Bay takes the unorthodox approach of keeping six safeties. I'm going to have to look this up. I can't imagine there's a team in the league with six safeties. So, I mean, it's a tremendous story. And I asked Evans about, making the team in light of all of that. And he says, quote, this is a big accomplishment. It's something that you finally look back on and be like, I made it all that hard work, all the grinding and practicing. It's finally paying off. I'm not going to say it paid off because I'm still working and I'm still grinding, but it's paying off. So a really terrific story there. And I will have more stories for you on tomorrow's edition of lockdown Packers. The Packers practice today and Aaron Rodgers will talk today and a whole bunch of good stuff on Tuesday. So I'll have a, I will have the highlights for you on Wednesday. So Have a great day, everybody, and I will talk to you tomorrow. the list.